Hi everyone, it's your host Liz. Today's guest is Morgan Hips. Morgan was living in Arizona, but was determined to move to New York at any cost to find and explore new career opportunities. In this episode, we talk about the challenges Morgan has faced and how she's thriving in the city and working in content. This is Realistically with Liz. Hey Morgan, thanks for joining me on the podcast today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm really excited for today's podcast. Morgan and I met last year working at the same digital company, and I want to dive right into when was the first time you thought about moving to New York and, you know, what made you, what was your decision behind moving here? Yeah, so... I guess I kind of always thought I would move to a big city and I always like really love New York, but I think the first time I visited, I was maybe 13 or 14 and we went to all the touristy places that were so overcrowded and it was kind of like the Midtown area, Broadway and Times Square and that kind of freaked me out a little. So it, it kind of put me off of New York for a little bit until I graduated college and then I kind of thought um, I, I set my mind to New York I was considering different big cities um, San Francisco and maybe Sydney or Melbourne and Australia but I finally kind of once I set my mind to New York I was really set on that yeah so um What do you remember about your first year uh, when you moved here? Um, Did you face any challenges? Was, you know, is it, was it the same kind of experience? Were you back in those shoes of when you were 13 or did it take you by surprise when you moved here? Yeah. So when I moved here, I, like I said, I kind of decided that I wanted to find a job in New York and that was like, something I wanted so badly and so I was determined to make that happen and I I stayed with family kind of like in the outskirts of Boston and I would take a bus into the city to interview and I think that was like such a interesting time because I was just like not really um, I didn't really have a lot of experience under my belt, so I didn't really know my strengths or weaknesses. And I think interviewing, especially in somewhere that's so competitive, like New York City, and trying to act like you are so confident and you know all of these things, and, and it's definitely a challenge to try and land that first job in New York. Um, but I did, and... I am very proud of that. And then I kind of like moved into my first apartment, which was just like kind of a shithole. It was in a not so nice area and a fifth floor walk up. And I had these roommates that um, I I didn't really know anyone, um, anyone that I could room with. And so I found these roommates and thankfully it worked out. but it was, it was such a crazy period of, you know, it's 
kind of an anxious thing to move to New York City and and even though I wanted it so bad it was like once I got here it was um it, it was there was a lot of stresses that came from that did you have any friends already in the city maybe from college or from back home aside from you know those people that were your roommates at the time and you know how did that you know how did that you know put any roadblocks in front of you um trying to make friends aside from like looking for a job like how what were you feeling during that time I knew some friends from Arizona I went to school in Arizona and um I knew people from that experience that introduced me to people and then um I kind of was you know once I landed the job it was like go straight into apartment finding mode and so that was like okay I went on an app and I found these roommates and they seemed cool and it, thankfully it turned out that they you know they were totally fine because you know sometimes it doesn't work out like like that way you don't luck out with random roommates but I did um yeah, I think that that was moving to a new city and finally, like after all of my interviews and going back and forth, I, I finally landed a position. I was just like, I thought that that was like, I would be happy then and I would be um, kind of like break through that threshold and you're just um, in this new city and you've made it and you've got your apartment figured out and your job and it's an exciting new time but I think also like um with that comes you know it's not all great at the start it comes with anxiety and money stress and you're in this super expensive environment where your rent is like so much more than you've ever paid for rent and it's um it's stressful for sure and you have to kind of like deal with those anxieties and learn how to thrive in such a crazy demanding environment and um yeah it was definitely a lot at first but I've I've learned since then I'm I'm in a new apartment I'm um I'm in a nicer area I've kind of like evolved from that original crazy um first New York experience and I'm that much better off now um so yeah I'm it teaches you a lot in New York how to manage money how to um how to strive survive in high stress environments all of that I mean come to think of it when I first moved here I was 18 going to college and you know when you think of your typical college situation usually you get a random roommate, you know, if you're not going to school with anybody that you, you previously know, mm-hmm. or you're, you know, moving to a different um, city, let alone state uh, for college, it's always, you know, really challenging because, you know, you always see horror stories about roommates yes. and stuff. So yes. I was lucky enough that my first year of college, I roomed with a friend from back home from Puerto Rico so that was really nice there was a little bit of comfort there Mm -hmm. but needless to say we weren't we didn't spend all the time together we also were in different majors so different parts of the school and you know the only time that we really had together was maybe on the weekend when we had you know no classes because you know that's when we 
really got to to hang out but aside from that you really are putting yourself out there and you know you have to make friends and I say have to because you know in college you kind of are also still forced to you know do group projects and stuff and it's the same thing when you when you land your first job you know you're going to be working in a team you're going to be working in a specific department and you do need to you know make friends and you know to be able to really do your job well so you know it's always really interesting to hear roommate stories especially you said you used an app to find yours in your first year I I definitely did not use an app when I finally (laughs) got roommates I think that I used the listings um website they would like send out like a newsletter weekly with like apartments and like work studios or like common spaces Mm -hmm. so that was really interesting that was also again like very you know very scary you're going on your own to like meet these people you hope they're like okay or you'll get along with them um I think in-person meetings are always the even though they're intimidating they're always the best because you can always tell someone's energy you know and right away and like their body language to see if that that's gonna work out Mm -hmm. so you mentioned that you moved here you got your first job and that kind of kicked everything into gear so what are you doing now do you still have that job have you you know moved along in your in your career a little bit further um how is your current you know work situation I've moved along. Right now I work at an e-commerce agency, the same place where we met. And I'm doing content. I work on the marketing team. I um, basically handle everything that involves writing and words gets put on my desk. So whether that's um, everything from email outbound strategies to um, white papers to website copy or um, a presentation for a conference or a webinar, literally anything that involves writing is kind of falls under my job description. So I really enjoy the variation in my day to day and all the different types of like content mediums I get to work with. And yeah, I get to kind of pick the brains of so many different people at the company to write about the subject matter. It's kind of like, you know, if I'm writing about UX, I can talk to our lead UX strategist, or um, if I'm writing about some, I don't know, um, new cutting edge digital, digital strategy, I'll talk to our VP digital strategy or if I'm writing about design it'll be our creative director so I really get to like access to these um high up people which I love I think that's rare in a company but content strategy is definitely an area that I'm very interested in it's like um when you are in a content role it's easy to just you know turn out blog post after blog post and just write whatever you think is cool for um, whatever comes to mind or whatever someone else suggests. But I'm so interested in like the strategic aspect of content strategy and how it supports a company's overall business goals and, um, you know, the KPIs behind the content, you know, how much is, is it effective? Is it bringing in new business? 
Um, what's the data analyze? Are people clicking on it? Um, does it you know, contribute to an overall game plan as far as what our goals are for the quarter? So that aspect of content and the strategic part is um, something I'm pretty passionate about and I'm, I'm lucky that I get to I guess, utilize that in my current role. How did you choose this particular career path? You mentioned that you went to school in Arizona. Did you study writing or journalism? And yeah. Did you expect to work in, in the digital space, you know, moving to New York? Or did it just kind of happen and you said, you know, okay, let's take this opportunity and, and go from there and, and see how I feel about it? Um, yeah, I did. I did study journalism at ASU in Arizona. And I... I, I kind of just brushed up on my writing skills a lot and I fine tuned them. And um, from there, I think it was, I want to say like my last year, I started getting really interested in business and entrepreneurship. And I think marketing and in particular content was like an easy transition from journalism because it's um, more writing focused. And so that became, I started reading all these different like business books and just kind of obviously I didn't study business. So I was, I was new to that, but I, I started obsessing over content and marketing and all of these different areas um, of business strategy. And then I, um, I had held different like kind of editorial internships throughout college, but then I started um, my first real market digital marketing internship in Arizona um, and that kind of turned into more of a content role um, but that was really where I transitioned into this area so it sounds like you're really interested now you know post post college in entrepreneurship and marketing so what are some of those um, you know, media outlets or maybe some different resources that you've kind of, you know, stacked up along the way that you find are doing things, you know, right and you get inspired from? It really depends kind of what I'm writing for and what I'm doing, but um, I really love to read really good writing before I write. I think it kind of stimulates me and challenges me to aim higher. And so I will go on it doesn't matter if it has nothing to do with e-commerce, if it's just very creative, I'll go on to like um, Man Repeller, The Cut, or GQL, any of those kind of publications. And I'll read, you know, feature pieces that are just written by their star writers. And it's, it's a lot of storytelling and narrative and profiling. And I, I love to read people who are just such um perfectionists and just have honed their writing over like decades and I think that really just inspires my creativity when it comes to writing outside of that like my own personal time I really like drawing and visiting you know art galleries and museums and bringing a sketchbook um I definitely think that um that side of me came from my mom was a 
designer slash artist and I kind of grew up around artist designer types so I'm very obsessed with design and art and I think in content and e-commerce that's something where I can combine my interest with writing and aesthetics and brand um, yeah I think that's kind of where I'm headed towards so I really enjoy all of that Speaking of, um, where do you see yourself in the future? You know, you're just starting out your, let's say, year mm-hmm. two in New York, working in content strategy. Um, what would you say is like maybe your five or 10 year goal um, here in New York or just in your career in general? Um, do you see yourself, you know, getting a little bit more creative with stuff, um, as you mentioned, or, you know, kind of sticking between business and creative? Like I said, I love content strategy. I love brand strategy. I'm always looking at different brands and how they're communicating with their audience and how they're resonating with people and their messaging. And I'm really fascinated with that aspect. I think that building a brand from a communication point of view or a content point of view is something I'm really interested in doing, whether it's start my own company or join and just define what someone's content strategy and messaging is um that's to be determined but um I definitely am really interested in um working for a brand and and building an audience that I think is really focused on something that has a positive impact on the world and stands for something. And I'm really interested in like um, social entrepreneurship and whether it's, you know, a company that has a mission in advancing women in their careers or mental health or um, inequalities. I think that that's really something that will drive me. And once I find that one thing, whether it's, a company that I want to join or a company I want to start. Um, that's ultimately what I see myself working towards the, the pinnacle of my career. Um, yeah, I think that like brands who have developed this cult following or this um, just really engaged community, that's something that I'm super interested in and figuring out how to how to cultivate that that's what I want to do in my career I guess especially now it's it's not just easy you know you know creating a product selling it like there's so much more behind it obviously you know you have a whole team of like content creators or a marketing team or you know a branding team to help you do all of those um aspects to you know further your business and to you know grow your business you know, you, you mentioned branding being part of your future and, you know, you don't know at what, um, at what level yet. So what are some of like those influential brands that you look up to now that maybe you aspire to, to work with, or even maybe to create something, you know, similar in the future? Hmm. I think it really depends. I think that I mentioned brands with a cult following. I think that's really fascinating to me. Um, like the Glossiers or um, 
away like these D2C brands that are up and coming that have really mastered that. But I think for me, um, I really want to push a, a message or a um, idea or concept that's really meaningful to me. Um, whether that's, I know one brand actually that comes to mind now is like Elevest. They're um, investing for women, but their main mission is just closing the wealth gap between men and women and teaching women, you know, um, how to grow wealth and invest and improve their finances. And I think that's something that's any sort of inequality between men and women or racial inequality, anything like that, or, um, yeah, any sort of mission that's bigger than myself. I think that that's when I want to um, use my writing abilities for. And so I'm not trying to sell people on something that's just um, seems trivial. I think I definitely want to, um, yeah, use my persuasive writing abilities to convince people to do the right thing, I guess. So you moved here with the purpose of, you know, having more opportunity to, to be creative and to explore and to really own in on those experiences. And I think that New York is a great place to do, you know, what you have in mind and what we were just talking about. There's so many different people here and there's so many different, you know, mediums. What would you say you've learned in the past in the past two years, um, just across the board, whether it is, you know, in, in your career or, you know, in your life, like, you know, based on, you know, the challenges that you've had or, you know, just things that have happened overall. Um, what, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think the first thing is just that I'm capable of more than I realize. And, um, really just it sounds cliche but like whatever you want to set your mind to and as long as you believe that and work towards that and um have an end goal and and just really focus on that I think just understanding in your mindset that that's achievable um another thing is just to know your worth in a career environment I mentioned when I first moved to New York I just had like little to no experience under my belt so it's really hard to have that confidence um when I approached the interviews because I I really didn't have um an innate understanding of what I was really good at and so once you just are in a work environment more and you understand what you're good at what your strengths and weaknesses are you're able to be more confident in your natural abilities and um you're able to just carry that with you and and really um believe in your capabilities and everything and I think that's key is just like that natural confidence will just come over time when you don't need to like overcompensate or anything like that it'll um you'll just get there um, and I think as far as another thing I've learned in the past two years, um, I, I went to school in Arizona, 
and I kind of um, had worked there for a little bit after college and I guess like a breakup kind of inspired me to move from Arizona and I think if that hadn't happened in hindsight I wouldn't have like gotten out there and really like refocused of my end goal of living in a bigger city and so I think that in the time things like breakups or layoffs or all of those things that seem like the end of the world actually proved to be um, something that's just exactly the change of course that you needed and looking back that's always been true so far I know I'm early in my career and life journey but um, I think that if these things hadn't happened I wouldn't have found myself in the right place for me and so yeah that's something that like in the time things that seem like just terrible um, circumstances that have happened to you are actually like you know gifts in disguise yeah I mean I 100% agree in one of my episodes um, with my friend Danielle, we actually talk about that, that she ends up leaving New York because of a relationship mm. and then the relationship doesn't work out and she ends up coming back to New York. And at first she was, you know, it was very emotional for her, but at the same time it ended up being a really um, good opportunity because she was able to spend some time with family that, you know, she wouldn't have had otherwise. And, you know, in that point of her life, she really needed that. So I think that to your point that, you know, you're, even though we, you know, there's so many self-help books that are out there and, you know, inspirational quotes and motivational quotes that, you know, when your plan doesn't, will go according to plan, it's, it's okay. And that, you know, there's always, you could always rewrite, you could always hit the edit button, you know, whether it's, you know, like you said, a breakup, a layoff, it's, it's definitely, you know, it's just a, it's, it's life. And, you know, there's going to be ups and downs and you're never really going to expect, you know, when that's going to happen. You know, if there's obviously always, I think along the line, there's always signs, but you know, you're never going to know until, you know, the, that specific moment what's going to happen so whether or not this breakup inspired you to look inward and say hey I've always wanted to move to New York this is the time Mm -hmm. that I need to move to New York this is a time that I need to you know like switch careers and you know just take a leap of faith and you know to go back to touch a little bit on uh you mentioned that you were traveling from Boston to New York for interviews. That's really exhausting. Like I've been to Boston, like Boston is, you know, yes, it's on the Northeast, but it's not as close as you think it is. It's not like you're in New Jersey. Like you're either taking a bus for like what, four or five hours. You're obviously not flying because you're trying to, you know, save save money. money. (laughs) So I'm sure you're like, you know, just on a bus for five hours thinking about what you're going to say during an interview and just like overthinking it, overstressing, trying to calm yourself, trying to calm your nerves. And that's a lot. You know, I never was one. I had to travel to Boston for one of my jobs and I used to go every month. So I know that it's Mm -hmm. one, not a very easy commute, but also 
you know, you're, you're, it's very different to that. I'm sure that, you know, your day to day was just way more simplified. And then, you know, compared to what it is in New York. Yes. Um, that was a crazy in between period of my life because it was like, my goal was to move to the city. I wanted nothing more to move to New York and make it. And then there was this kind of uncertainty, like, could I land a job? Could I, you know, I'm not actually in New York, New York. I'm in Boston and I'm, yes, Mm -hmm. I'm landing these interviews, but it was just, um, it was definitely a, I would say I was roughing it. Those buses I took, like, not the nicest bus line it was very inexpensive but it was you know not not all the like amenities that a lot of um a lot of trains or nicer kind of services have but Mm -hmm. it it was you know something that I'll look back on and I'll think you know I've I think up until now I've never wanted anything so bad so I was willing to just go back and forth and spend hours and hours on buses and just um, put in that effort and you know it, it was hard it was like taking a bus and then having you know luggage or whatever and and trying to take everything on the subway and all of the different moves you make in order to save money that aren't you know the nicest and easiest and most convenient I think that was like um just what I had to do and I I really I appreciate that now because it's like now that I'm in a better place in my timeline and I'm you know affording a nicer apartment and I'm um I'm in a nicer area and it's just makes me appreciate it that much more I think because I I did it on my own I I didn't have help I was um, more obviously like staying with family. Thank goodness I had family in the outskirts of Boston who like supported me and, and let me stay there and mm-hmm. let me like, um, have that transition and believes in me. But, um, I think that a lot of times what we don't talk about is people in New York, young people, you know, um, they're supported by their parents and they're really, um, they have that cushion and you know that's not something that everyone has and I think that um moving into this next apartment I was extra proud of myself because I was able to do it on my own so you know if you're in that situation where you're like oh my gosh I can't afford this I you know I don't have this extra help that so many other people have and you're looking to like your friends or your peers and um, you know, it, it's something that like, I just want to emphasize it's, it's that much more of an achievement and it feels that much better when you're, you really have come that far on your own. To, to your point about, you know, just interviewing and, and being afraid that you weren't going to land those interviews or, you know, those emails weren't going to be answered. Mm-hmm. 
like, let's say, you know, a lot of times I've spoken to people that have worked in retail, including myself, you could have walked into a store and asked if they were hiring. Mm-hmm. You cannot walk into an office space yeah. and ask, are you hiring? So you cannot <laughs> ask the front desk that. So I think that that mentality is really important to note here. And that's why I wanted you on the podcast because, you know, you work in content, you work in marketing. This is a very different, you know, medium. And a lot of times you, you know, you don't really know what, what's involved or all the, like, you know, all the pieces that are involved in that team and that department, um, which I think is, you know, definitely, you know, well worth mentioning. Another thing is that you mentioned, obviously a touchy subject of people just having additional financial support and then other people that don't. And I think that those are the kind of two groups. Mm-hmm. And okay. maybe there's like a group B, but in my opinion, there's those two groups. You know, you either are fully financial supported, which is honestly great if you are amazing, good for you. Um, and then there's the group that is really, you know, hustling the hardest, trying to make it, you know, trying to just like have little wins. Any little win is worth it. And, you know, I think there's, there's a subgroup that's always like people that have the support, but people that are still hustling very, very hard and not leaning on that support. I think that's what makes the difference there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that, you know, it's always important to remind yourself not to compare yourself to other people. Yes. It's very hard. Yes. We live in a world where everyone wants, you know, everyone's being influenced by other people and obviously you know you watch tv shows you want to be like that person a movie an instagram uh you know anything there's you know it's we're always influenced it's part of it's part of life but i think that not comparing yourself is really important because you know you know like we mentioned previously i moved here at 18 you moved here now what 20 22 Mm -hmm. 21 you were when you moved here, that is a very big age group. You already passed college. So, you know, there's already things that you are also learning in college on your own to, to gain your independence. And at the same time, it's, it's, it's still similar now that, you know, whether you're 25 or you're 30 and you're going into a job, you can't compare yourself to someone who's had five more years of experience than you have. Definitely. I think I'm still learning that. I'm still learning not to compare myself to other people because it's so, yeah, it's so easy to compare yourself to other people, but you really don't know everyone else's circumstances. We're talking about not comparing yourself to other people. And I think it's important to, to just note that, especially in New York, you, you have a lot of people and you end up meeting a lot of people along the way which is honestly like a really, really fun thing that I think we would miss, we would have missed out on if you stayed in Arizona. And if I stayed in Puerto Rico, Mm -hmm. you know, you kind of grew up with, you know, this small group of people. And, you know, when you go into like, let's say the quote unquote working world, that's when you either drift apart or, you know, look for, for new friends and look for new things that you want to do. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely comparing Arizona to the city. It's, um, you know, I, I really craved 
art scene and culture and um, design and just like more opportunities that I, I wouldn't have had otherwise in Arizona. And um, I think also New York, there's obviously such a huge population and and it's there's so many people and, and people come here and they, they really are, there's such a variety of different characters and people can come here and just know they can be 100% themselves. And you see that on the streets, there's just like, there's, you know, little to no judgment. It's kind of like people have seen everything here and you can be, wear what you want, you can act how you want. It's totally, I guess, you know, being yourself or being something like you would consider in other places would be considered weird or abnormal. Um, you can totally be that in New York. And I think that's just one of the magical things about this city that I love. Um, but in, I think I didn't have, I, I didn't grasp that concept before I moved here. I was, you know, um there's so many people in this city and you're kind of forced to stand out and be yourself because um that's how people notice you I guess and so you really have to define yourself when you move here and that's something that I wasn't challenged to do in Arizona or or like I said when I I was um I lived in Australia yeah for sure I think that New York City sparks your your creativity, your individuality, mm-hmm. and, you know, it's, you can wake up every single day, and it's always different, and I think that that's why people just, like, find the city to be so amazing, and that's why there's so many books written about it, and movies, mm-hmm. like, you know, filmed here, so, you know, in relation to that, I want to go to one of my favorite parts of the, the podcast, and I want to ask you what are some of your favorite places in New York right now, whether it's, you know, a bar that you like to go and have drinks with your friends, any restaurants that you love, like any places in general that, you know, just hold um, some value or a memorable experience for you? Yeah, so I... um working at the agency that we both worked at, we got the luxury of being able to work from home two days a week. And so I, being me, I kind of like struggle with ADD a little bit. I need to be able to focus. And so just working from home, I felt like I had a lot of distractions. So I kind of developed this certain, um, um, different places that I love to work from. And you would think coffee shops, but a lot of times in New York, coffee shops are so crowded and busy and loud. And so I actually love to work out of hotel lobbies. And we're not talking about like, you know, these, we're talking about like boutique, cool environments that are very boho or just interior design is on point like that type of vibe I love and there's so many around the city that's my favorite place to just like bring my laptop um hop onto their wi-fi and just you know focus myself and get work done I love um public hotel on the east side there's Arlo and Soho has a nice little work spot 
um, indigo, memory side, freehand. Um, we went there for a happy hour. Ace Hotel, definitely. I love, like, it's kind of a low lit, cool. A lot of these places have just interesting crowds, too. And you overhear just the coolest conversations of someone who's touring in a band or someone who, you know, just close their series B funding for some crazy tech company or whatever. It's just like a cool, cool vibe that I really enjoy. Um, in Williamsburg, where I live, there's the Hoxton and ADO, which is like a design space that's, if you go and work there, you'll be surrounded by like, you know, craft designers or architects or, um, Everyone in the design area, which, you know, I mentioned, um, I grew up with. My mom was a designer, so I feel really at home around these types of creatives. And, um, yeah, as far as bars and restaurants, I, to be completely honest, I'm not, like, one of those foodies or, or people who are glad a lot that experience all of those things I'm that's not really my scene but I, I'll go out with my roommates and I'll kind of tag along and they they want to try all these different places and I'll I'll go with it um I don't know if I have I love obviously like Freehold in Williamsburg that's a go-to um summer when it's open kind of like brunch vibes Sunday at night it's cool too they also have a good menu really like their breakfast burritos um <laughs> as far as bars around it's like Madonna's like St. Maisie like it's just yeah there's so many kind of cool hipster places around Williamsburg if I don't feel like going into the city um yeah it's a nice spot yeah um I lived in Williamsburg for a couple years. I'm now in Dumbo, so I definitely have gone, you know, I've, I've lived a couple of places in Brooklyn, mm -hmm. and I feel like Williamsburg, you do have things are just so close to one another, so there is opportunity for definitely. you to just, like, be at a different coffee shop or, you know, go to those, if you go to, like, Wythe Avenue, like, there's, like, all these hotels, mm -hmm. so, you know, the Hoxton's definitely one of my favorites as well. Um, especially their, their rooftop, non for work vibes, but just like yeah. actual, like this, view. the view is, yeah. we went, I, I went actually with, um, my friend Anthony, who, um, is also on one of our episodes, <laughs> but, um, we went on a, it must've been like an off day. Like it was, I don't know what, what happened that we actually, like we got in no problem and, you know, it, it didn't feel like your normal, like, crowded rooftop day. Mm -hmm. And we were able to, like, get a really nice table and just sit, like, overlooking the city. And it was just, like, such a nice day. And, like, everything was just, like, it, it just, like, worked out. Like, it, sometimes and I, I think that those are really good days that you just end up, like, calling up a friend. They happen to be available and you're like, hey, what do you want to do today? Oh, let's just go to like, you know, whether it's coffee or, you know, I feel like so many restaurants have coffee and like vice versa. Like now there's like places that have drinks and stuff like. So it's just like there's yeah. always something there's always something to do and there's always just some we're new to go. I, I think we turned around that specific day thinking about it now. We went to Greenpoint and I was trying to go 
to a place um, for brunch and it actually was closed mm-hmm. and their, their Yelp didn't say it, like Google didn't say it. So we got there and the place was closed. And then it was obviously like a super busy area, like right by McCarran Park. We went to another spot. The service was, I think they tried to make up with service and like the food and quality was not great. So we were just like super disappointed. And I think they honestly, they hated us because we were like, um, can you give like, they gave us um, like sparkling wine and it was flat and like just the food wasn't good. So then we ended up going to the Hoxton and we were like, oh, let's just see. Like we were totally open to just like hanging out in the lobby, grabbing a drink, keeping it casual. And we ended up going to the rooftop and it just, it turned out to be great. And we had an awesome time. So yeah, I think that again, just there's always different places that you can go and, you know, there's different neighborhoods, whatever's like good. You know, I think that's always interesting to like either explore a new neighborhood, but also just like be aware of like, you know, your friends and stuff and in terms of commuting, because it's, you know, not always you want to be mindful of that stuff also. So um, my next question is, uh, what are some of the things that you love and hate about New York? Um, Obviously, you you were you moved here and you you know it was a new cult it was a culture shock and I I want to talk about how that's influenced you know your relationship with New York I think that as far as hate right now I think that's easy in current times because you know we want to touch on the fact that everything's closed and New York is at a standstill and you know, this is a city where you can literally do anything imaginable. Um, this city has everything. Literally, if you can't do it in New York City, it doesn't exist. You can, you know, rooftop cinemas or pottery or trapezing museums. Like, I, I love that you can do anything that you want to do in this city. But at the same time, you know, it is frustrating right now because you don't have access to any of that because everything's closed. Um, so I guess that's my like current frustration. Obviously that that will change and we'll move past this. They don't care about other people's business and how they want to live their life. And I think that's just like, I guess, compassion and kindness in itself. You, you know what I mean? Love, I think I touched on this. It's really just, um, you can be whoever you want to be here. Maybe you're, um, you come from like a religious family or you're um, a certain like sexual orientation anywhere else. And, and maybe you just feel like you're not um, able to be yourself, but you come to the city and you can really just um, own who you are and you can step out of your apartment on the streets and like I said, wear what you want and act how you want and people don't care people don't turn another eye because they've 100% seen something like a thousand times more shocking on the streets of New York like it's really not um it's it's not a big deal and I think that's just like very empowering um and I love that I love that people aren't so judgmental and they're more compassionate and I think New Yorkers get a rap for being kind of cold and um I think what we're trying to say here is that there's definitely a, 
you know, you think of New Yorkers and they're definitely a little bit more progressive, especially if you do live here. I think that from if you're outside of the bubble, then it's just like too much too soon Mm -hmm. for them. And I think that, you know, some people might relate to it and and really love it and and be like, oh, my God, I want to I want to move here. And, you know, that's kind of like what sparks the interest. But I think that there's still places I mean, living in living in New York is 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 one of a kind. And, you know, you can always find people that, you know, fit in with you and you could always find a community here. Me having growing up in Puerto Rico and then living in Bushwick and living near like the Avenue of Puerto Rico and being able to speak Spanish to my deli guy, like those little things are are just things that honestly, like you would have nowhere else. And yeah, it's something really, really special about New York. And I do think that, you know, we are used to just going to so many different places. Like home is not always where we want to be in New York, even though home is a sacred place and it's, you know, where we get to wind down. New York is like, you know, obviously everyone's like, oh, the city that never sleeps, but you know, it's, there's so many working people here that allow us to not sleep. Mm-hmm. Like all these restaurants that are open late, like everybody that's like still delivering when you're home and your jammies and yeah. like, you know, you're drinking wine and, uh, you know, every, everything, whether it's like your local bartender or, you know, just stores that are open late, like Walgreens, Dwayne Reed, that's open 24 hours. And that doesn't exist mm-hmm. in like other states you think of like everyone else's like individual stories and you know their whole the work ethic that like allows new york to stay alive and all of the the different services that are so you know convenient for us but to your point it's you know provided by these all these different peoples from different backgrounds Well, thanks so much, Morgan. I'm really happy that you were able to be on the podcast today. And, you know, I hope to see you soon after after this quarantine. I would love to. We should get a drink. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode with Morgan. For more interviews, subscribe on Apple Podcasts and don't forget to rate and review.